Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Today we're chatting with Jessica DeLuise, founder of Eat Your Way to Wellness, on the importance of food and how it can positively or negatively affect our health and wellness. We all know a diet comprised mainly of fast food isn't the best for our overall health, but that a diet in rich fruit and fruits and veggies certainly is. The popular food is medicine movement has been gaining steam the last few years and for good reason. What we eat has a huge effect on how we feel every day. Jessica has a master's degree in health science from Drexel University and practices as a medical physician assistant. Jessica recently achieved a certification in culinary medicine from Tulane University. Today she is bringing her medical expertise to help explain the background behind this food is medicine movement, but in a way we can all understand. Let's get started talking about food as medicine. We had a recent produce industry event, really interesting topic. The subject was something that's out there buzzing around. I don't know if it's really mainstream yet. It's food as medicine. So can you help us understand what it means to reference food as medicine? Such an interesting and loaded question, Amanda, because I think we're seeing this more and more and it is becoming more mainstream. I do not think it is how people are initially thinking about food and medicine. I don't think food um, is the, uh, the forefront of everyone's mind, but it's getting there. And I think the problem with that is food and as medicine can mean so many different things, right? So for me, what food as medicine means is we're grabbing for food before we're grabbing for a prescription or an over-the-counter medication. Now, certainly this is uh, not to go against whatever your practitioner has told you, right? So there's my disclaimer. Now no one listening can sue me. But if we can grab items like omega-3 fatty acids or foods that are rich in those, or turmeric, ginger, items like that, instead of like uh, an NSAID, right? An anti-inflammatory medication for joint pain, as an example, that is what food as medicine means to me. Let's go to food as our first line of defense for whatever it may be. Um, you know, now we have a lot of seasonal allergies floating around. So I always tell people, look at your allergies, you know, get allergy tested. Look at the foods that cross-react because it's probably making those symptoms so much worse and maybe you don't have to take that antihistamine, right? So it's just using food as your first tool in your toolbox. And then certainly you can move on to others if you need them. That's what it means to me. I love it. Very simply put, I think that it's like you said, you know, obviously your practitioner um, can give, can kind of guide you, but I think we all need to kind of mentally tell ourselves food is the first line of defense. I like mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the internet can seem like the Wild West um, mm -hmm. when it comes to searching for information. I know myself, um, you know, I try to say, you know, you feel something or you feel like you have a symptom of something. Do not Google it, WebMD. <laughs> I have had multiple illnesses along the line that really, you know, weren't really there. So it can be difficult to navigate what's real and what what's not. So what credible sources or websites do you recommend families check with to learn more about food as medicine? Yeah. And that's so true too. I mean, we have people that would come into the hospital, the urgent care with like pages and pages of this. <laughs> we just listen, the, the internet is so powerful and it's such a, a resource for us. But yeah, I mean, you can just put whatever you want on the internet. So it's hard to know. I like um, the they have um, great info sheets, you know, as far as daily recommended values for different nutrients, 
foods that you can get them. The NIH also has great resources as well. So if you just Google, um, I tell a lot of my patients, just Google NIH, so the National Institute of Health, and whatever you're looking for. So NIH B12, and it spits out this really succinct info page with all the information you should know about B12, for example. So um, eatright.org is another one. So eatright.org is where we'll see portion sizes, tips for parents, lots of great recipes. And then a lot of the um, educational institutions are starting to have great resources. So two that I tend to gravitate toward, I really like the, the depth of information, uh, the University of California and Harvard Health. They, you know, none of these organizations paid me, obviously. It's just these are the ones that I tend to uh, use regularly. So, okay, great. Now we know where to go. So um, now I'm going to ask a few specific questions in regards to common ailments families face. Uh, many kids deal with asthma and respiratory issues. I have too in my house. Um, do you have recommendations on foods that support a healthy respiratory system or perhaps foods you're, you would recommend avoiding? I know you, you mentioned a little bit the antihistamines and how to kind of, you know, kind of cross-reference what your allergies are. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, and the other thing is too, I, I think people need to get in the habit of looking at a symptom. So whether that's shortness of breath or congestion and identifying why they have this symptom, right? So we can't just say there are certain foods that will treat shortness of breath. We really need to say there are certain foods that will treat asthma or there are certain foods that will treat congestion, right? And understanding what, what the cause is and then uh, moving backward and, and trying to find a treatment, right? So what I find actually with respiratory issues specifically was what your question was. Um, it's a lot of home and environmental toxins, in fact. So that candle, the fragrance in your soaps. So this is a huge um, soapbox for me. And it's a, a conversation that I have, even though I primarily focus on food with a lot of my patients, because they're using, you know, they're eating all the right things. And then they're using like a fragrance, paraben, um, petroleum laden product or lighting candles all over their house. And they're noticing that they have these other symptoms. So, you know, I tell people this all the time, when someone goes into the hospital or the ER for a heart attack, one of the first things we do as practitioners is slap some nitro paste on their chest. And it's a transdermal absorption of that medication, right? So what makes you think that those products that you're slathering all over your body aren't going to get absorbed in the same way and aren't going to be inhaled in the same way? So when you're lighting the candle that comes from a foreign country and you have no idea what's in it, artificial dyes, fragrance, whatever, what makes you think you're not going to be short of breath, right? So I find that that is a, a, bigger, um, a bigger problem for respiratory issues. And in fact, it's a free consult that I do. I have people just all over the country look me up, find me on Zoom. I go through some of those really common ones, and, and we go through their whole house together and try to eliminate them. So um, the Environmental Working Group has some great data and great guides when it comes to, to toxins in the environment like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, when I read this, you know, I never really thought about that. I hate to say that as a parent with two children who have respiratory issues, one with asthma, um, you know, and I feel like over the years I've just, I've tried everything. Um, but I do know now thinking my 13 year old, the lotions she uses, I may need to double check on those. We should set up a time after this. Yes. Sure, for sure. Uh, yes, please. You need to go, go through my home. <laughs> Help me. Um, awesome. Well, that, that's really good to know. Um, now, let's talk about inflammation 
Mm. I know there's a lot of talk about combating inflammation in kids and adults, whether it be an inflamed inner ear. I know probably a lot of parents listening are familiar with this struggle. I know (laughs) I was, especially when my girls were babies. And then for adults, stomach inflammation or other kinds of inflammation, do some of the same foods that support a healthy respiratory system also cross over to prevent or help with inflammation? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Inflammation is one of those buzzwords now. And the CDC, the last statistic that I read from the CDC, seven out of 10 deaths are inflammatory related. Wow. Which is crazy, right? It's it's crazy to even think about. But I think when we're talking about overall health, health and overall wellness, a lot of those foods that we think of, right? Those vegetables, the lean proteins, legumes, fruits, berries, all of those foods have great anti- inflammatory benefits. And so if you think about the most whole form of food, if you start there, if nothing else, and try to eat mostly those foods, you're going to target inflammation. You're going to to lower your level of inflammation. So it's not all that complicated. And I think we tend to to overcomplicate things. When you pick up your packages and you're looking and you see, you know, dyes and flavorings and refine this or unbleached this or whatever, you know, whatever, or bleached this, excuse me. Those are the foods that are going to cause inflammation. So I think just simplifying it, food in your most whole form, it's going to affect all your body systems, all of your inflammation. Um, and, and overall, if you're eating mostly that way, you're going to have lower inflammation. I mean, it's just common sense. Got it. And just for anyone listening, so you know, uh, anything that we're mentioning throughout today's episode, we'll be linking up to in the show notes. So if you're trying to take notes on things, um, we'll be sure to, to give you what you need there in the show notes. You can easily link up to everything. Um, now let's talk about foods and moods. This is, I feel like something that I recognize about myself here um, with our Produce for Kids team. I, I told them, I think it was last year, I started journaling, which maybe sounds like tedious to people, but I just, I shouldn't say journaling, making notes. So I would kind of recognize how I was feeling and had noted like what I ate that day. And then I would note like the way I was feeling. Cause I was, I was battling a little bit with, you know, some, a little bit of depression and anxiety. And so I thought there has to be like something that is working and something that's not working. And so I was able to identify several things in my diet that just really weren't working well for me and was able to, to remove those. So that, that's kind of like my journey, I guess, with this topic. But how does food affect your mood and what can we you know, eat to help us battle these things like depression or even anxiety? Such a great question, and so and so um, impactful in the world we live in today. I think you know everyone that you talk to is really struggling with some level of mental illness. But I think that the thing to, to remember is that everyone is like a snowflake, and so things that may work for you, like journaling or you know gratitude journaling or journaling your food, that may not work for somebody else. You know, and and so it's important to remember that. But I will say this. There is well-documented studies, so this isn't just something that I've observed in my patients, well-documented studies about healing the gut through your microbiome, so eating a lot of probiotics, um, foods that heal, heal the gut flora, heal the gut lining, so you know, collagen, aloe, omega-3 fatty acids. That's one uh, modality that really tends to affect mood. And when we talk about fats, I always like to tell people, you know, some of those hydrogenated fats that we're finding in processed foods, which actually 
are, are banned now. So you're going to start to see them less and less and less, if at all. But even the, the processed vegetable oils, the things that we're eating in excess that may not necessarily be uh, great for our cholesterol, they also affect our neurologic system, our mood, our cognition. So really what we want to be doing is eating more of the omega-3 fatty acids. So fatty fish, walnuts, flax seeds. Those are the fats that they've actually documented to improve mood because they're taken up into the neurologic system, into the brain stem, into the brain tissue, and they really can promote overall neurologic wellness. So, um, it's interesting, a lot of people don't know this, but every nerve root, every fiber, even our brain, is totally encased by this layer of cushion, fat. So that's one of the reasons why fat is so integral to our overall health, um, our mood health, our, our mental health. So um, those are two really two common um, things that we do with my patient population is let's support your gut, let's support your microbiome, let's talk probiotics, and let's kind of shift to fat. Not that you can't have all those other fats, saturated omega three, or excuse me, saturated and omega six, but it's important to get more of the omega threes. And the majority of Americans in general are not are not getting adequate amount of omega three fats. So yeah, those would be the two places I'd start. And then certainly, if I can get a little bit more verbose, sorry, Amanda. No, you're fine. Um, so uh, other nutrients that we know really are important for you know things like serotonin and dopamine, selenium, zinc magnesium, all of these um, nutrients can affect our, our mood. So if you're not eating, you know, your macadamia nuts, your fatty fish, you're not getting all of those other micronutrients that are needed as the building blocks for really important neurotransmitters. So, you know, um, it can certainly get convoluted, but again, going back to that whole food based diet and, you know, then adding all these other Great. Yeah. I, when I had my blood work done last time, they it noted like my magnesium was low and a couple other things. And so when I was kind of looking at what I was eating and then my blood work, I thought, okay, I, I kind of have a puzzle to put together here and was able to really combat the way I was feeling. And a, and a lot of that was gut health for me too as well. I don't think that when you think of like anxiety or depression or that the you know, the mental, you don't directly think, oh, my gut health. Like, it just doesn't seem like, I mean, I know we're all, it's all, <laughs> it's all one body, but I just, sometimes it's hard to connect the two. And I think that that was something that once I was able to solve some of those issues, I was feeling a lot better as well. So, yeah. And not, if not only that too, I, I, when I speak with business owners and entrepreneurs, I mean, think about like when your stomach hurts or you're bloated, you're not feeling your best, your performance goes down. I mean, your mental clarity goes down, the way you feel, how confident you are. So if, if not only for that, you know, killing the gut makes you feel better and makes you do better, I think, too. So, yeah. Right. That's a really good point. So when battling a cold, which I am this week, um, <laughs> we usually all turn to OJ and chicken noodle soup. So what else can we look to in our kitchen to get us back up and running? This is such a good question. So and. A lot of people don't know this, but vitamin C, OJ, juice in general, vitamin C levels in OJ are not, they're not the best source of getting your vitamin C for a few reasons. One, you're not getting the fiber from that fruit, right? So it's a pure sugar rush. Yes, there's vitamin C there, but it's a pure sugar rush, which will then result in that compensatory crash, right? So you're just not going to feel good in, an hour after loading up on juice, juice, juice. 
Um, and then chicken noodle soup usually comes in a can. Usually there's some additives. Usually it's high in sodium, so you're retaining water, which makes your blood pressure go up and um, you know makes you not feel great in general. So I say hit your whole foods, but there are some really good foods, and I'll send you a, a chart to link in the comment section. Mm -hmm. Items like strawberries, bell peppers, kale, or leafy greens, all of those foods have more vitamin C than an, a medium-sized orange. So one cup of bell peppers or strawberries, you could get just as much as you would in that orange. Plus, you're going to get all that fiber, all the phytonutrients, all the antioxidants from the fruit. So um, this will also help not only with colds, but seasonal allergies. You also need vitamin C to boost collagen formation. So it's really great to eat a lot of those vitamin C dense foods. Yeah, we talk about that a lot at Produce for Kids. We feel that over the years, and, and oranges are, are wonderful, but we feel like, you know, there's certain fruits and vegetables that have kind of fallen into these categories, you know, well, this is your vitamin C and this is your vitamin, you know, and so we really try to, um, you know, a lot of the information we put out showcase where these other vitamins, you know, that vitamin C isn't just in the orange, it's across many, many fruits and mm -hmm. vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, good stuff. Well, thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, uh, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? I don't know, but I mean, I would love to just share that if you're looking for recipes or tips or guidance, you know, certainly find me on my social media pages, which I'm sure that you'll, you'll tag here, but I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. And my whole mantra is just kind of keep it simple look for things that work for you and have the tools in your kitchen. So if you, if your pantry and your freezer isn't stocked, I don't feel like you're going to succeed. So just look at your environment, look at the tools you have and make sure that you are set up for success um, very easily. And um, if you have children, get them involved in the grocery shopping, in the stocking of the pantry, in the stocking of the kitchen, because we know that kids are more involved. They're more ready to try other foods. Um, you know, they're happier overall if they're kind of, in the mix of things and given some control. So that would really be it. <laughs> Wonderful. And your social is eat your way to wellness, correct? Yeah. So if you go to eat your way to wellness.com or even jessicadelouise.com on the top of both of those websites, you're going to find the links to social. So you'll find my YouTube channel, which I do lots of fun tips, you know, go out into, I was at a mushroom farm, microgreen, you're going to find a lot of adventures there. Awesome. And tips and recipes. And then you'll find me on Instagram and Facebook. The links are right there also. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I know this is a hot topic. I'm thinking maybe if you'll be open to coming back, maybe there's a couple of these topics that we can create, you know, full episodes around, um, but really wanted to touch on this topic and get the information out there. We, you know, can't thank you enough and we hope to have you back soon. I would love to come back soon. Thanks, Amanda. I appreciate it. Thank you to everyone listening to today's episode. I love interacting with Jessica. I learn something new every time. Be sure you are following her on her social media and especially Instagram, where she is, Eat Your Way to Wellness Jess. Um, there's really a lot of great conversations happening on her feed every day. 
And now you are the first to know this news um, that Produce for Kids is going to have an ongoing series with Jessica called Food RX. I'll share more details soon, but you can expect monthly segments on our Produce for Kids Instagram, our other social platforms, and then content on produceforkids.com and more. Uh, just really exciting news to share. Um, I'm truly excited to be able to share more information really at looking at healthy foods as our first line of defense when it comes to combating disease. If you like the Healthy Family Project, tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. If you want to tweet with me direct, I'm at Amanda Kiefer on Twitter, and you can find Produce for Kids at produceforkids.com and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.